Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 174th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome Andrew Witherby to the show. Andrew is the CEO at Engage Partner Group and is a former senior digital banker who is fueled by innovation and technology that propels regional and community financial brands to modernize platforms that elevate operational efficiencies while accelerating growth. Welcome to the show, Andrew. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the show, Andrew. It is so good to, to have you on today. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate the time and uh, uh, really appreciate you having me join in your conversation. Well, before we get into a conversation about collaboration, about innovation and the opportunities that are available for really both fintechs as well as financial brands, what's going well for you right now? Let's start on a positive note. What's good in your world? Personally, professionally, it's always your pick to get started. All right. Well, um, I personally, I'm just happy. I'm uh, located up in the New England area that there's been some snow on the ground and it's allowed me to venture out during the weekday to recharge the batteries, go on skiing. And uh, it's always a good thing when that happens. So it gets me, puts a sharper point on my next day. Yes. So that's all good. Professionally, you know, I'm having some really relevant conversations with both fintechs and financial institutions around innovation and more specifically, how to begin or better align those two organizations with each other. Mm. So that's good. It's, there's some momentum there. Um, there was a lull because of COVID, but I think uh, middle of last year, you know, some deeper, more relevant conversations are happening and actually execution is happening. So that's, a, that's always a good thing. You can talk about it for a long time, but if you don't execute on it, that's a different story. Exactly. Turning insight into action. And it is these conversations that you've been having that I want to have a conversation around here because I think there's a lot to learn uh, because all transformation that leads to future growth begins with new ideas. It begins with new insights and then be able to take those to seal them down, turn them into action. What are some of the top trends that you're mm-hmm. seeing right here that that we should be paying attention to, that the dear listener should be paying attention to when it comes to fintech and and, and financial brand partnerships? Well, I think that for the most part, holistically looking at the innovation fintech space, um, there's been, rightly so, there's been a lot of attention on the B2C side, kind of the, the screen forward yep. as it relates to, are we delivering uh, as seamless as best we can digitally a customer exp- journey that's uh, meaningful and needed at the moment? It, it really depends on where they are in the customer lifecycle. Um, and that's um, something that's, um, you know, certainly not a not necessarily a big surprise because a lot of fintechs out there are getting funded that are serving the BDC space. One of the things that I spend a fair amount of my time just, uh, I'm kind of a research junkie myself, is the B2B side. Mm-hmm. Um, there are significant momentum in not only capital being uh, available to pure play B2B fintechs out there that see something in the community financial space that needs 
uh, to be elevated in regards to uh, improving back office efficiency. Yes. But at the same time, it's a it's a win-win. They can pass that value add through to their customers. Yes. Because we know that small business owners uh, occupy a good chunk of our economy and that uh, maybe the 10 employees are lower. And that's really the sweet spot for a lot of the community banks serving those folks uh, above and beyond just providing the capital for equipment and such. So it, it is a, a space that I think there's massive opportunities for both the fintech and the, and the community brands. It's interesting that you say that. I remember last year in in 2021 to start off the year. So right about a year ago, um, I did a top 12 prediction of you know, what are the top 12 trends going to be that are going to play out over the next three to five years. The SMB space was one of them. Ron Shevlin came on and we had a conversation. He said the same thing. And then we're starting to see that pattern that 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 speed pick up more and more who in your mind should you know from a from a technology standpoint should we be paying attention to who's doing some interesting things on the on the b2b front well you know i'm in their backyard so enumerated is one yep. that uh, can be brought up to the front and center there's a, a bunch of folks i mean autobooks is another one that really do look at holistically you know looking at the small business owner and saying where can we fit in Yes. And how do we fit in with the technology? So do we fully integrate or do we just plug in? And I'm a big believer in on the B2B fintech space and innovation spaces. You know, you know, these small mini wins are great. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it. Don't look at it and say, okay, we're this bank, we're a mid-sized bank, we have some large demanding customers. But you know, what about if we're going down this path for the first time internally? What can we do to achieve a mini win where it might not be full integration, but the uh, time to market is in months, not not years. Correct. Right? And that's a really convincing conversation to have internally at the financial brand because uh, when they think about technology, they automatically funnel that to IT, which sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes and I'm just I'm a former banker myself. <laughs> I witnessed this and experienced it. Sometimes that you know delays uh, on the action yes. and resources behind it for full execution. So I think that some of the differentiating trends out there are in the B2B space that doesn't require a really heavy lift to get up and running, not only for the bank to use, but to pass that technology on to their customers to make their uh, business run more efficiently. Yes. I've had Derek from Numerated and Derek from Autobooks, both as guests on the oh, pod- yeah. podcast here. And it, it, you know, I w- it's interesting you talk about that idea of going into IT, but that might not necessarily be the best path internally. And I'm, I'm, I want to get your take on this. I was just having a conversation yesterday with, with a peer group coaching session. And one of the things that we were talking about, they were launching a new fintech internally at this community organization mm-hmm. and the adoption wasn't there. And I said, it sounds more like a, like a marketing or a positioning thing. And they're like, well, we marketed it. And, and I said, well, it sounds like you created a lot of awareness, but then there's that pull through, you know, for adoption. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about is it's almost like, you know, the idea of running pilot programs and, you know, mm-hmm. turning over insights more rapidly, you know, back to your point of, you know, going from, you know, years to months and shortening that that cycle down to learn, you know, at, a, at an exponential speed. Where's where's the opportunity to transform? Because I think there's a lot of cultural 
elements that go into this, a culture of innovation stemming from a culture of collaboration. What are some of the ways that that we can inspire a culture that values innovation? Because it is different than, say, what has been done historically over the last 50, 100, 150 years in banking. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's there's certain elements that make up a modern forward-thinking bank culture. And it, it starts with people, people, and people. Yeah. So leadership first needs to clearly communicate the why, you know, and then champion the value. So I, I'm not sure where the study was, but I recently read that you know, sh- uh, studies show that only 7% of employees fully understand their company's business strategies. Mm. So, you know, you have to have the people before the technology Clearly articulate, boy, you know, this is something that we've been talking about internally and we want to open up the lens internally and say, let's get your feedback. I mean, you talk about the adoption piece and how sometimes organizations struggle there. Before you even go down and do a deployment, why don't you kind of turn the glove inside out, see kind of sometimes it doesn't look pretty, but they're stitching and it's pretty well made and ask your customers and ask your employees, you know, to get their engagement level about, yeah, you know what, uh, in the back office, you know, this has been a problem for ours to, we have to touch it X amount of times to close a loan, as an example. What can we do to, you know, minimize that so it's easier for our job to provide that great customer experience and at the, at the same time, you know, allow for our customers to adapt that technology. So, you know, there's, there are a couple different things that you can kind of bounce back and forth in regards to taking the right steps out of the gates, but you often hear about taking an agile approach to innovation, Mm. right? And I was lucky enough to work for a bank that actually embraced that type of innovation and culture. And at the time we were using, you know, the lean method where, you know, the listeners don't know, it's basically kind of a holistic look of how to look at a project holistically Mm -hmm. and create a standard of of a way of working to increase efficiency and eliminate waste along the way. And there's other frameworks out there. OKR would be another one that was developed inside of Intel. So I would recommend to, if you're finding that you don't have a solid project management model internally, is to look at some sort of approach that will help guide the the initiative. You'll have hiccups along the way and some are unexpected, but it'll help provide, keep people accountable um, and hit your marks in regards to go to market. Yeah, one of the things that we teach is what we call the 90-day growth method, and it mm-hmm. cycles through these four exponential growth environments of learning, thinking, doing, and then reviewing, and then you just repeat that process going forward. I liked what you said about people, people, people when it comes to creating a culture of innovation. It has nothing to do about technology. I think we need to probably put more of a focus on people first. Uh, human transformation must precede digital transformation because when you think digital transformation, we almost kind of forget the people who have to deploy that thinking uh, on the other side. And there's two books that that I recommend on this subject. One is Humanocracy, and then the other is called Open Strategy, subtitle Mastering Disruption from Outside the C-Suite. And, you know, we talk a lot about open banking. Right. But I think it's this, this idea of open strategy, back to your point, 90, was it 90, 93% of team members don't know the corporate strategy to begin with in the first place. And I think if we can, you know, communicate back to your point, the why 
then we can talk about the what and ultimately the how. When you think about innovation, it's that word. It's a word like experience. You know, it kind of gets thrown around a lot. Customer experience. We're talking innovation here. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. How would you define innovation? Well, uh, going back to, I guess it's just my training and, you know, the, the hands-on experience I had through the years consulting with banks. And prior to that, I worked in the tech space, software space here in Boston. And one of the things I, I heard over and over again from my direct report at a software company was the word value. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that is sometimes an overlooked uh, word as it relates to, you know, how to define innovation and value jumps off the page with me uh, emotionally and also just professionally. You know, you have to first ask yourself the team holistically looking at what value would this bring to us as an organization mm -hmm. and to our customer relationships. And then you, you take those baby steps and say, okay, let's throw up another thing on the whiteboard. What, what opportunity or pain are you trying to meet? and solve and why. Mm -hmm. So those basic questions need to come out out of the gates as it relates to what innovation looks like and how it kind of behaves here at our organization. And then identify, is this, meaning uh, technology, aligned with our core values, our strengths, our vision? And will it? how will it uh, meet our desired outcomes, be it short or long-term? So right. those, it's a lot, it's a mouthful, but at the same time, it reverts back to the value. Word. Yes. And, and it, that idea of value, I think, is one that we should think about because particularly when it comes to product design, when it comes to technology selections, I see financial brands, you know, thinking from an internal to the external world where the external should drive the internal decision making process. It's, it's the, that's the key thesis of human centered growth in, in essence. And I want to keep on this idea of innovation a bit. What is a common belief that others might have in financial services around this idea of innovation that you would just disagree with them on? Well, I don't know if I have really super strong feelings in regards to what others and other beliefs uh, are about innovation. As long as they're talking about it, that um, is is on topic, if you will, I'm all for it. You know, I, I think that the word innovation is, for lack of a better word, is a cross-functional term. Yes. It, it, li it lives and breathes in so many different industries, right? So it's not specific to financial institutions. It's a, it's a word that it has different meanings to different organizations and people. So I think that once the organization, in this case, financial brands, start talking about ways to kind of shift mm. or kind of operate and behave, if you will, differently from what they've done in a kind of a transactional world as they live in, um, then they start, they can talk, they can call it whatever they want. They yeah. can call it our, our way, you know, or it's just the way we do business type of thing. But, you know, I think that often, you know, it kind of reversed back to my core marketing strategy skill sets. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of touched upon this a little bit early in the conversation is, you know, yeah, we might think we're, we're becoming more innovative, but are we? Yeah. And, you know, it starts with asking your customers, your team members, you know, what does that, what does that word mean to you? You know, it's like, the, as you well know, in the branding world, you know, when you think of a brand name, what emotional things surface? Correct. You know, what, what, how do you respond? What colors of the logo? How does it make you feel? But really asking that 
internal questions first because we know that you know there's an external brand and there's also an internal brand and is that organization actually managing that, that brand differently from the external digital growth is a journey from good to great but sometimes this journey can feel confusing frustrating and overwhelming the good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com insider to learn more about how you can join the Digital Growth Insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show. Yeah, one of the things that that I would say it it, it kind of gets under my skin a bit when it comes to innovation mm-hmm. is people are like I'm just not that innovative. I'm not that creative. And I'm like, "Yes you are. It's just we got to figure out a way to 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 break free from that mental block because I think a lot of a lot of times people think about innovation they think about exponential innovation it's like the big idea something revolutionary but I'm like no if we can maybe create some incremental innovation and over time that then ultimately leads to the exponential innovation it's the big ideas that I think that hold us back from even having some innovative like conversations to where when you can think incrementally to begin with, that creates some progress, that that creates some some momentum that ultimately then leads to, to some confidence like, ah, yeah, we can do this. What's your take on that? Like, you know, big ideas versus let's just get the ball rolling and start moving forward. And then that could become a future big idea there. Yeah, I, I applaud that approach in regards to those you know, let's take those uh, mini wins, if you will, as I said before, um, that uh, don't require a lot of uh, internal resources. And I'll just stop there because, you know, many of the listeners today on the banking side, you know, they know they have to shift and 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 what that looks for them like it, it's maybe been answered or or they're still searching. But I think that the resources and talent, the people, I think that's the key ingredient here is. You know, are we aligned? Do we have a team in place? Or if we don't have a team in place, um, how do we go find that talent? Yes. Be, be it an individual, because as you well know, and, and everyone listening, there's a talent challenge out there. Right. There's our, you know, uh, recruitment and retention. So, and it's not specific to, it's it's all across all industries and in, in, in verticals. So that's a, that a challenge in itself. But to answer your question, I think that, you know, there are, there's a fair amount of complacency, complacency still out there mm-hmm. and um, try not to automatically look at the big picture, uh, the big wins, the big projects, the big technology, start out with the, the working together, um, taking that framework, if you will, to reach those outcomes. And if it could be just a, a tool that plugs into your online banking that helps uh, manage cash flow for a small business. Great. That's yep. that mini win. I mean, it, you know, it, it, there's going to be some involvement with uh, IT. Obviously, they're going to have to go through their due diligence process uh, and making sure that fintech partners has, you know, is compliant and uh, provides all the the uh, due diligence docs to kind of have them check their box and say, okay, these guys are they got their game together, so that it minimizes the risk but stays compliant. Um, so I, I'm. I'm a big um, cheerleader, if you will, of looking at ways to take those baby steps and those mini wins. And in theory, not only the 
financial organizations could be happy, but the fintechs going to be, you know, pumped. They're going to yeah. be aligned. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily, uh, and I'd kind of throw up the red flag for the bank, um, treat the fintech uh, a little bit differently than your typical uh, larger scale IT project, you know, right. uh, like the, the old RFP model. It's probably not going to work in no. this situation. No. And that's a great point uh, because I think, you know, when it comes to innovation and incremental innovation for that mm-hmm. matter, it's so easy to get stuck thinking, oh my gosh, that's a great idea, but how are we going to do that? Back to your point of like the 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 resourcing piece of this. And and that's where I recommend putting the who before the how. And I had a great conversation with Dan Sullivan, episode number 69, why exponential technologies demand exponential teamwork, which is where I think the work that you're doing is fascinating because you're almost curating and facilitating these relationships to bridge the the gap you you are a who finder to people's how and when you think about that i it, it's it's a it's a model that i teach called growth ability and growth ability is made up of three key elements it's it's where you feel capable it's where you feel confident and it's where you have capacity and you can be you can be capable but lack confidence. You can be capable, but lack capacity. You can be confident and lack both. And I think the idea is you can bridge capability and capacity gaps by looking externally to external who's through collaboration to find the who, to put the who before the how. And that becomes an exponential growth cycle right there going forward. You mentioned this idea of complacency. And complacency mm-hmm. is something that I also speak a lot about. I, I use an analogy, the cave of complacency. What happens? We get stuck there um, and, 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 and we don't move forward. We don't feel like we're making any progress. What's, the, what's your recommendation to help financial brands that might feel like they're trapped in the cave of complacency? Get out, get unstuck, and keep moving forward with innovation. Good question. I think that, you know, I... I Try not to over-engineer it, I guess, uh, whatever that, what, what process you're trying to improve, not only for the organization and improve internal operational efficiencies, but to deepen those relationships that because you have now offered a different way of um, applying for a loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, as simple as that. Right. And I have a terminology, it's kind of like, I'm, not myself, but uh, I, I would advocate that organization to stick to their knitting. You know, really focus on the market they play in. If you're a commercial bank, uh, not to go off haywire and say, we're going to go chase retail dollars mm-hmm. and, you know, refis and car loans. You're a commercial bank. That's your DNA. Right. Then look at ways to play upon those strengths with innovation that leads to elevated um, technology that helps both parties, both the organization and the and the bank because at the end of the day there's a fine line that that bank is walking as it relates to what else they can bring to the customer relationship right uh, on the bdb side plenty of products on the consumer consumer side but most not this is not a sweeping statement but a lot of banks typically walk in above and beyond providing that loan or that capital and that reputation of service yep they're they're carrying the same bag with the same tools yeah so if you can provide a different tool that might serve a niche market that you've never marketed before, or you've done it kind of 
you know, oh, we kind of have to have those accounts because by law we have to, you know, management the compliance and taxes, et cetera. But what about maybe looking and putting some more resources behind that vertical or multiple verticals mm -hmm. that not only help us internally offset all the manual um, steps that are involved to manage those accounts, yes. but at the same time, add that pass-through value, going back to that word value, to that relationship. And as a small business my owner myself, I will kind of, you know, I have multiple banking relationships, not uncommon. But when that happens, that typically puts a flag in the ground and saying, hmm, you know, I'm looking to expand my business. I'm going to probably look at that grouping or that few banks that are really looking after me. Yeah. And they're giving this technology to help me grow my business. Yeah, I think that that idea you, you touched on niche and you we were talking before about the whole SMB space. I mean, that's a massive space. Just when you say SMB, it's a huge space. And within the SMB space, there's multiple niches that can get you know moved underneath that. Uh, you know, it's so interesting to see what the 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 team over at, at Nerve is doing around like the musician space. Then you've got yeah. you know the idea of the gig economy. I think another very unique space in the SMB space is family business that those you know there's opportunity and challenges there one of the things that you touched on before I want to come back to was the idea of the RFP this you know the the vetting process when it comes to searching for and selecting a relationship for a financial brand to to collaborate with a fintech what's the best path forward there because it it might not look like it has historically when it comes to selecting technology any thoughts on that yeah i mean i I think that, you know, above and beyond what we've talked about in regards to aligning the right resources internally, having some sort of model or framework in place, or, you know, you're in the process of uncovering a different way of, of partnering with a, a third party, yeah. is what I would recommend is not to take a reactive approach. Mm. <laughs> That's something that a lot of financial institutions have a history with in regards to, boy, we have a gap the bank down the street or the one we don't even see yes. is offering. And what we're hearing from our sales team, our lenders is you know, this information. And it's kind of like that. Okay. Let's forget the shallow and let's just jump in the deep end. Right. And you know, um, we're not going to use the diving board. We're just going to jump off the side. So I would really, you know, recommend to, to not to take a step back, a deep breath and say, okay, you know, are we doing this strictly competitive reasons? or uh, without having a clear understanding of what resources are involved. Correct. You know, that's the key thing is those questions need to be kind of bopped over the, with a hammer and saying, okay, yeah, we can, we can handle it. Or you know, maybe that's not really our, that's not our niche. That's yes. not our market that we want to chase because that doesn't fall in line with who we are. So uh, I would first recommend that is not to be, be proactive in a, in a authentic way. Pause. And yeah. Pause exactly. and reflect, learn, think, because this is where R&D can be deadly. And what I mean by that, it's not research and development. That's when you're ripping off and duplicating something else that you're seeing, because I think it, you're right. It's 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 comparison and comparison can be a killer because it's like, oh, well, they have it. Well, we needed that, too. Do you really do you really? This comes up all the time because, you know, as you well know, in the. You know, FI space or insurance is it's it's a commodity. Yeah. So, you know, it's very tricky uh, and challenging to really flip a switch and try to you know look and behave differently. Mm -hmm. And unless that customer really knows 
the culture and can really speak to it outside of you know the bank. And that's your best advocate right there. You know, it, it, it's a bank. It's keeping my money safe. Yep. I, I, I trust those folks. You know, they're my friends. That goes a long way, no doubt. I'm not, I'm not doubting that at all. But uh, it's a tricky thing to, you know, begin to shift. And the banks that I've seen have shift, they're both. I mean, they're the pure play digital startups, um, right. you know, the, the, the neobanks. And there are a few out there that actually are, have transitioned uh, not totally out of the n- normal business of uh, mutual savings bank. They still got their bricks and mortar and things like that, and they're still lending. But it had to do with the people, going back to that, and shifting and saying, you know what, we're going to be less dependent on our traditional commercial real estate loans or CNI. We're going to dampen that a little bit and focus on trying to be um, future ready today. Yes. And whatever that looks like. And now uh, I say that term because that happens to be my bank, Bank Prov, here in Massachusetts. Uh, give them a plug because they had transitioned. And, and again, it's just, it wasn't like a light switch. It took about seven to eight years. Right. And, but but during that period, there was really deep conversations uh, with customers, with employees, with all stakeholders from board on down and saying, okay, let's, this is why we're, we're, we're heading down this direction. So let's talk about future, future ready as we wrap up. And this has been a great conversation mm-hmm. around innovation. What's a recommendation, something small, something practical, tangible that the dear listener can do next to keep moving forward on their own journey of growth when it comes to, we'll just say building a culture of innovation so that they are future ready. What would that one small practical next best step be for them? Well, I guess I look at it at kind of a at this point, of, as of today, the day after Valentine's Day and Super Bowl Sunday, is, is that we're we're one to three years away from that you know, future. Yeah. You know, and you know, without question, I'll just kind of toot the horn a little bit on the B two B side, and you know, going going, taking the approach of not not having to you know lift a, a thousand pounds. But let's just go over to that fifty pound dumbbell and say, okay, let's let's tackle. Um, now that we have our internal research and we've done our due diligence, there is a need out there. It's going to add value, et cetera, and increase our growth opportunities. You know, let's focus on, it doesn't have to be massive. Let's focus on those many wins and we'll just check off one one win at a time mm-hmm. that will lead to being looked upon internally and externally. Hey, these, these folks are changing. They're being a bit more nimble to yes. the marketplace based upon the technology in this case, or and a combination of people and technology, because you said earlier, the importance of uh, uh, adapting yep. technology is critical, not for the customer, but also as the, uh, the team members as well. So they're comfortable with using the technology and see that, boy, this is really gonna be easier for us to process a loan. Oh, by the way, it's gonna help our folks not have to go to our website and download a PDF to send my financials. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. Those, let's just start there. Let's just take a mini step and say, well, you know, let's, let's try to think of ways to, you know, not allow or not have require our customers to go through those steps. Let's just make it one step, not four. And this is where incremental innovation leads to exponential innovation over time, resulting in improved experiences that yield positive feelings 
and emotions. Great point to wrap this up, Andrew. What's the best way for someone to connect with you and continue the discussion that we started here today? Sure. You know, through LinkedIn, uh, Andrew Witherby, um, Engage Partners Group on LinkedIn as well, and then engagepartnersgroup.com on, on our website. Connect with Andrew, learn from Andrew, grow with Andrew. Andrew, thank you for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been a lot of fun today. My pleasure, sir. Have a great day. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.